Hi everyone, this is Jen Kesnick and you're listening to You Be You and I'll Be Me and today I'm so excited to have Pat Longo on. Hi Pat. Hi Jen, I'm excited to be here too. Oh, I really appreciate it. This is really cool. So I first heard of you through uh, Marianne DeMarco, Marianne the Medium, and she had given me a reading and she said during the reading my hands lit up green to her indicating that I was you know some kind of healer mm -hmm. and so she suggested that I get in touch with you um, and I'm so excited that I did I got your book which is right here thank you called the gifts beneath your anxiety and this was really interesting and so we'll get to all of that um, but the first thing you have really in this book is uh, something that you call surround, ground, and shield. And I was wondering if we could start off with that. Absolutely. Well, um, surround, ground, and shield is my way, my version of protection for um, what I'll call the empath. And the empath is someone who feels and picks up other people's energy. Uh, maybe someone is feeling very sick and you don't even realize it. You're, you're picking up that same feeling. You're feeling sick. You don't know that it's coming from somebody else. Maybe somebody's angry. Maybe somebody's very sad and all of a sudden you're feeling agitated or maybe your eyes are welling up and you're not quite sure where it comes from. So these are the empaths, strong, sensitive empaths. I believe we're all empathic mm -hmm. unless you're psychopathic or uh, uh, narcissistic and uh, uh, what's the other one there is another one uh, that I'm leaving out but most of the time we're an empath it's just degrees of sensitivity so right. I give this around ground shield as a method to protect that from happening uh, do you want to go through it yes please okay well um, I would begin by asking you to surround yourself in a beautiful bubble a magnificent bubble filled with God's white light and protection. And you don't have to see it. You don't have to feel it. You just have to think it. And then you imagine that at the bottom of each foot and at your tailbone, you have three cords attached to you. And you send those cords by thought through the bubble, through the floor, and all the way down into the very center of Mother Earth. And imagine those cords turning into roots and locking you into the earth like the roots of a big old tree. So for two seconds, you are a tree. You are sturdy, yet flexible, and super locked into the earth. And the last part of the exercise would be imagining that you're putting on a very shiny metal vest of armor. It's not heavy or cumbersome. There's no collar, no sleeves. It's much like a gladiator would wear or an archangel. So imagine this vest covering your heart and your lungs, covering your solar plexus below your rib cage, and covering your abdomen. So front and back, shoulder to abdomen, you are completely covered by this very shiny metal vest of armor. Now each piece has a purpose. The bubble is a force field, and every day that you use it, it gets thicker and stronger. It connects you to God and spirit, and it keeps negativity at bay. The grounding is your balance. No balance, you're completely out of sync. So you want to connect to Mother Earth, you want to connect to God at the same time. It's almost like a line going from heaven to earth. And the 
shield is to help the empath and anyone that is suffering from anxiety. So it becomes a filter for the empath. So toxins can no longer enter their system. And in certain cases, digestive disorders will begin to heal. Autoimmune disease may begin to heal. It all depends on how many toxins you've taken in in your life. So this is a protective mechanism. And in every direction you go, you're protected. And I recommend it for every single morning. Very quickly, you can say it very fast. God, surround me in a bubble of your white light and protection. Shoot my cords into the earth. Lock them in like the roots of a big old tree and slap on my vest. <laughs> Doesn't have to take long, but it works. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, and that is something, so you say that everyone um, has, you know, besides the, a few people, but... Typically, people are are empathic. Yes. It's just to what degree you are self-aware of what that even means. Um, and I thought it was just so interesting that in your book, The Gifts Beneath Your Anxiety, that a lot of people who are super anxious are very empathic. Yes. That's the interesting part. What I have discovered is that um, hormones... And spirituality are connected. Really? So when children go into puberty, or all of us for that matter, when they go into puberty, that's when things begin to amp up. So a lot of um, anxiousness can begin. Uh, Some that have already started out anxious will end up with anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Uh, They will have depression. You will have the ones that are withdrawn that pull back and don't want to be in the center of attention in any way, shape, or form. They want to be in the periphery. Um, Then you have the class clown. Now, the class clown puts themselves in their own bubble, and they've they've found a niche that keeps them um, with people laughing at them or with them, but they feel a little bit more... Uh, comfortable, mm-hmm. but inside they're not comfortable in their own skin. It's right. just the only way they could find to fit in. So you also now have alcohol and drugs that take place. Now, why is it? Because they're they're all feeling this surge of I'm going to call it spirituality, but again, they don't know it. Wow. So we all feel it. And when I sit with clients and I ask them, go back to when you first went into puberty, whether it was the end of elementary school, middle school, the beginning of high school. What was your time like? And they will all tell me, all those that have been suffering like this, that they had a miserable time in school Mm -hmm. and that they felt this way or they were bullied or they felt that way. And um, if your parents should recognize that you're having anxiety issues and you don't want to go to school, you have a stomach ache, you don't feel good, they're making all different excuses, they might take you to the doctor. The doctor will most likely medicate you. Now that is just as bad, unfortunately, as the alcohol and drugs that the other kids are finding. Right. Because they're chemicals that alter your energy field. They alter your body, your brain. And as soon as you begin to play with either or, it's like leaving your front door open in a really bad neighborhood. You're inviting in negative energy 
when you change your vibration chemically. Mm-hmm. All right, and some of us can't help it because some of us have a car accident. We have we have to take painkillers and things like that. But if you're protected, if you if you do your due diligence and you protect yourself every day, you, you're going to get by. But when you're a child and you have no idea of what any of this is and and have no thought for protection, you can get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And if you get yourself through school without becoming addicted or becoming an alcoholic, um, a lot of children attempt suicide. I get a lot of them. Yeah. Tremendous amount. They also, there's a lot of cutting of oneself. Uh, of usually the girls, yeah, I have had a few uh, young men that have done it, but most of them will wait and get a lot of tattoos. Oh, okay. It, it serves the same purpose. It's some type of a pain thing. Yeah. And um, I'm not quite sure how it fits. I just know it does because I get it all the time. Right. And uh, you know, again, I, I my job is to educate. Yeah. I'm trying to educate the parents of these children and the kids whenever yeah. I can. Well, when you have, you know, someone who's 12, it's up to the parents to make sure that they're okay. Oh, yeah. Of course, a mother or father's first instinct would be bring that kid to the pediatrician and get them on some, some kind of A hundred percent. And the pediatrician and the, the therapist, the psychiatrist, they're all doing the right thing right. based on what they have been taught. But this is not medical. It's metaphysical. So what it's do you think they should do? It's very different. Well, you know, read my book. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I honestly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to change the world. I'm, I'm going to do the best that I can. It's why I wrote the book, so that I could get as much out as possible for the people that are suffering from yeah. the anxiety. Now, you asked me about spiritual gifts uh, and them being connected, and I kind of went, around the mulberry bush but um but i think that's what we needed right yes the spiritual (laughs) gifts um if somebody walks around and their parents or siblings or people in general are telling them they're too sensitive they're too sensitive oh you're just too sensitive uh usually they are but they're spiritually sensitive they're very empathic they are tuned in All right, so this is where I say everyone is intuitive. Mm -hmm. Every person on this planet is intuitive. But to what degree? You do not know until you begin to check it out and open up to that intuition, which is what I do with people. I help them them recognize that they have been either hearing things, feeling things. Maybe a lot of them admit to seeing things when they were children. Uh, they shut it down because they were frightened or uh, they have to keep the light on in the room. They have to have noise on the television or they're in their parents' bed. Yeah. And these are your typically super sensitive, highly intuitive children. Now, I get them as young as three. Yeah. I get them as young as three. I bet. And I, what am I going to talk to a three-year-old about? So what I do is I educate the parent so that they know what's coming, especially when they get to the puberty stage because that's when it really hits high. Now, uh, for the children, I talk about superheroes and I find a superhero that connects with them and I empower them, okay? So I'll I'll teach them, well, what would your superhero do if something was in your room and, and, and you didn't want it there? And they tell me what the superhero would do and so I give them the power. I tell them, okay, so 
do that. Yeah. Just, you know, get rid of whatever negative energy is in your space, whatever you see, just kick it to the curb. And that's the best I can do with the tiny ones. And I read um, that you also can tell the parents, I read in your book, that you also can tell the parents to do the surround ground shield for their children. For the children, yes. If the kids are too little to understand how Absolutely. to do that. Listen, I bubble my grandchildren all the time. Yeah. And uh, and I and I bubble my children when there's inclement weather, yep. or um, many times I get calls. Oh, we're gonna go. We're going on airplane flight. You know, could you tell? Could you tell Grandma to put that <laughs> bubble around the plane? Yeah. And, and I do it for people in the hospital. A lot of people call. I know when their surgeries are. So, but the first people that I'm going to be bubbling are the. Uh, the surgeons, mm-hmm. the anesthesiologists, the surgical staff, and in plane, it's going to be the pilot and the co-pilot because right. without them, yeah. you're in trouble. Exactly. So I'm forever bubbling something. I, I have like notes it. everywhere in my appointment book. Okay, this one's having surgery. This one, I have a little boy having brain surgery today, actually. Wow. So I start the night before as a healer, yes. and I begin to uh, set the stage and ask for all the positive things to take place during that so it's very successful everyone is efficient everyone is alert you know and precise in what they're doing i i work on recovery uh things like that blood flow so wow that's amazing but again we're talking more about the book i'm a healer first and foremost Okay, so when Marianne saw your hands all green, that's what she was indicating. Yeah. Because the color green to me is when I see it in somebody's aura, it automatically directs me towards healing. Okay. So, and that's another thing that you can do. You also can see auras and things like that. Yes. Right? I have been seeing auras probably for about 25 years. And I didn't, I didn't expect it. Yeah. It just showed up. I was... Uh, I went to the chiropractor's office, and I was sitting. uh, There was a woman in the office, and she was talking to the woman behind the desk. So I picked up a People magazine and started to read. And all of a sudden, they burst out in laughter. So I was startled, and my head came up. And when I looked, the woman behind the desk, she was covered in this amazing white aura. She looked like she was a glow for about at least two inches off of her body. And I was like, whoa. And I couldn't get rid of it. Yeah. No matter where I looked, what I did, I looked back up and there it was. And after that, I started seeing it on trees when I was driving Uh-oh. to work. So it was a little difficult because yeah. my eyes were somewhere else right. but on the road. But after that, uh, colors began to show up. And uh, I saw it on my daughter first uh, when she was in a uh, very animated conversation with my husband two Uh rooms away and once again the laughter broke out I turned my head and she was just surrounded in this beautiful turquoise blue and but it was huge and then another day not long after that uh, she called me from the top of the stairs and I stepped out of the room and and looked up at her and again here she was covered in this beautiful blue and uh, then I started to pay attention. Yeah. And in my classroom, it was like watching uh, some sort of a light show. I bet. Because I, I'm just sitting there minding my business, and I have 20 people in a rectangle in front of me, and they're talking with their <laughs> hands, and one color is red, and it's going into green, and another one's purple, and it's going into orange, and it was just constantly moving because they were, the, your energy field goes out very far yeah. from you. So if you're sitting... 
thigh to thigh on furniture all the way around the room. Right. Everybody was merging into each other's, but it was very, it was very interesting to it watch. It is interesting. And do you know, is there a significance in the color? Well, the colors to me uh, have significance. We have chakra colors, of right. course, uh, which match the aura colors. And um, it starts with red at your tailbone, and that's called your root chakra. And the root chakra, um, they're all connected to adrenal glands, mm -hmm. and they're also, they also have a, a high point and a low point. So if I see red around somebody, it could be rage, but it could be passion. Mm -hmm. And it also could be that they're not grounded, because that is the grounding, that's where it comes from, the tailbone. So for me, that's, that's what red would mean. And uh, orange is the next chakra up. And that is uh, called a sacral or spleen chakra. And uh, it has a lot to do with um, security. It has a lot to do with childbirth, childbearing, uh, things like that. Uh, creativity, especially creativity. Creativity, of course, is childbearing, but it's also other things that are creative. And uh, when I see orange, it's interesting because I had some people in my class, and one person always came up as a cheese doodle orange, <laughs> which is technically muddy. It's not clear. Okay. Jello orange is what I want to see. Ah. I want to be able to see through it. Uh, yeah. So that tells me that it's clear. And then we go from there, we go up to the solar plexus, which is the stickiest one of all, uh -huh. because the solar plexus is yellow, and it really should be a sunshiny yellow. A lot of people get a yellow that's kind of brown tinged. This is the area of, uh, it's the seat of your intuition. This is where we feel. When somebody says, I feel it in my gut, right. this is where they're feeling it. Or all of a sudden, they'll get a pain there. This is the problem area. But it's, it's the seat of your intuition. It's the strongest part. Mm -hmm. But it's also the center for addiction, the center for anxiety, the center for low self-esteem. Everything bottles up here. Mm -hmm. So this one is probably everybody's biggest issue that needs to be cleaned and clear. So when I do a healing and somebody says they saw this sunshiny yellow color, I'm okay, we're in, in a good place. But if it's cloudy or if it has tinges of brown, then it needs to be really cleaned. Yeah. Um, which is, again, about changing your vibration, your thoughts, your diet, lots of different things. In the book you say... Um to like sometimes you feel more secure or comfortable or comforted if you put a pillow yes. over your stomach and so many people just instinctually sit like that yes they do but they always blame it on saying oh yeah i have a little muffin top but that's <laughs> not why they do it they just don't realize it yeah um many people will put a child on their lap when other people are around or they'll have um a purse they'll uh -huh. have it sitting on their lap they'll fold their arms they'll pull their knees up and wrap their arms around their knees, or they'll have a big, heavy, oversized sweatshirt on. All of these things are instinctive ways to block that solar plexus. They just yeah. don't know that's yeah, what that's they're doing. so interesting. So it's very common. And yeah. I, you know, I ask all the questions and people, you know, I don't like people to talk to me first. I tell them what's going on so that they understand I know what they're going through. Yes. And so then I have their attention especially when they come in skeptically. Uh, so then from, from the yellow, you go to the green. Now the green is the heart chakra. Now green, the heart chakra also has pink connected to it. Uh, pink is compassion and love. Uh, the green is, is healing, but it's also the color of a healer. 
to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I when someone takes an aura photo of me, and there are certain photographers that do this Curlian photography, and I will have a green completely surrounding my aura. And once it's connected, I have other colors that come outside that, uh-huh. but the main color for me is green. So when I see green on somebody, that's where I go. The next one would be blue, and that has to do with the throat chakra, and that has to do with communication. Mm-hmm. So there's different shades of blue. It sh- technically should be more of a turquoise blue, sky blue, like that. Uh-huh. Um, and that, when I see it on somebody during a healing, or they tell me that's the color they saw, I will go towards their communication. Either they're stuffing things inside and they're not communicating what they should, mm-hmm. Or maybe they're a teacher and they communicate all the time. They're constantly speaking. So, again, it depends on the shades that that they say. I'll say, well, what shade of blue did you see? And um, my daughter was communicating when I saw her with the blue. She was speaking and she was having this big animated conversation. So this is the color that presented. Her color is actually purple. If you took an aura photography picture of her... Because purple is the next one up, and that's your third eye. That's kind of between your brows and the center of your forehead. And that is your uh, clairvoyance, your clear seeing, your intuitive, spiritual spot. Uh And so when she has taken an aura photo, I used to have people come to the house and do my classes and things. She is a bright, bright purple, deep purple. As a matter of fact, she's, uh, I can, I'll show you a picture uh, when we're done and she has a, a white bubble that surrounds her. It, you can hardly see her through it. it. She has this protective coating, but you can see the purple inside the white. Very it's cool. It's very interesting to see. And yeah. when people are around that do that photography, um, I always recommend it because yeah, it's neat. fun. And, uh, and then you have lavender at the top of your head and white, which is your crown chakra up here. And this is where all the energy comes in. Um, when I yeah. do a healing, everything comes through the top of my head and out my hands. Yeah. And same thing when you're intuiting. Um, I'm channeling energy. Other uh, spiritual people, uh, they will ch- channel that um, words, voices, people, mm-hmm. loved ones from the other side. Right. So we're all channeling. It doesn't come from us. It comes through us. Right. It's the thing to remember. Yeah. People forget that. It doesn't come through us. It comes, I mean, it doesn't come from us. It comes through us. And this is all about interpretation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we had talked about, uh, when I met with you last time, about automatic writing. Because for me, that's how it, you know, comes through me. Okay. Uh, through writing. And... You know, it's just so interesting how I had a question about how you said spirit comes to you in your own voice. Yes. So how does someone tell the difference between what our own thoughts are and spirit speaking through to, through us? Well, it takes a little practice. Yeah. Because you don't know right away. And people ask me this all the time. And if you couple the feeling that you're getting with the thought that's running through your head, that's how you'll distinguish that it's not coming from you. Mm -hmm. Um, You hear this in your own voice. Again, a lot of people that I teach expect a bell to go off or a big, loud voice to come through. Right. And it just doesn't work that way. It's very subtle. And when I say to you that everyone has intuition, they're all intuiting 
all the time. They just don't recognize it. So when those random thoughts come through your head and you poo-poo them and, and just ignore them, you're making a mistake there because you're supposed to follow it through and say, okay, well, what does this mean? Um, and then when you get the repetitive ones, that's when your, your guides, your spiritual guides or angels are really giving you a shove. Yeah. And they're trying to say, pay attention, pay attention. This is important. Okay, you could be driving down the street and all of a sudden you're getting a thought running through your head. You better slow down. Yeah. All right? And then if you listen and you see the truck blow the light, you'll understand why exactly. you got that thought. And many people don't. And they end up in an accident or even worse than that. So it is important to start paying attention to all the repetitive things that run through your head. If there is fear connected, that's when it's not coming from your guidance system. They do not give you fear. Okay. They will give you warnings and alerts, but they do not give you fear. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned this when we spoke, but there was a time, was 20, my daughter was 21 at the time, and it was before there were cell phones, and I went, it was a Friday night, it was we were getting pizza and I lived two blocks away from the pizza place and I went to pick up the pizza and there was a few people in front of me it wasn't quite ready yet and I was getting a feeling and a thought about my daughter that something was wrong didn't know what it was mm-hmm. but it kept pushing at me and it's almost like a, it is like a push it's almost like a sense of urgency mm-hmm. and as I said I lived two minutes away and maybe the pizza was going to be two more minutes and it would have taken me five minutes to get home. But I had to go to the payphone. And I called my husband, and I asked if my daughter was home, and he said no. And I said, has she called? And he said no. And with that, the operator broke into the phone, and she had been in a car accident and was in the hospital. Wow. So it is important to follow the feeling mm-hmm. that goes with the thought. Right. All right? So. And part of that is just, again, being super self-aware absolutely yeah it's like impossible in these days that we're living in you know that everyone's popping a pill because they're anxious or Mm -hmm. drinking you know at night or having too much coffee during the day like all of these things don't allow you to feel your real feeling what you should be feeling right exactly and it it is kind of dumbing you down that's that's what happens and um we do live in crazy times and just families today everybody's rushing to this sport to that sport to this place to that place it seems like nobody's got any time to just sit down and be quiet yeah and I was talking to someone this morning on the phone about just enjoying silence people don't know what that is anymore no and I love silence and but I love I have a tremendous family 17 grandchildren all these I have five kids and so I'm always around people but I also appreciate the peace of that silence yes. when I get it. I, I crave it, in fact. So, um, you know, we're in different times. And yeah. the, the more you spend a little more time possibly meditating, um, sitting in silence a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe being out in nature, that would be a great thing to do. Sometimes, Meditate in nature. Yeah, yes. Sometimes I, I walk outside <laughs> and I just smell the air. I smell everything, and it just makes me feel so centered. Yeah. And uh, I used to meditate listening to the birds and the leaves. Yeah. Uh, that's what I did before, and that would be my that would be my music. Right. So again, 
it's not time for everybody. Not everybody's ready for it. They're not on the same page, but hopefully they will. Well, your book has a lot of meditations in it, like already pre-made meditations, and you have a lot on on your YouTube channel, too. Yes. Um, So people, you know, if they're just starting out in meditation and learning how to do it, they can just go onto YouTube, Mm -hmm. sit comfortably, and hit play. That's right. And And you'll lead them through it. There are thousands of meditations on YouTube. And some of them are amazing, I'm sure. And what I recommend to people is always listen to them first before you actually go through the meditation because there are also some people out there that are a little off kilter. Yeah. And you'd be better off if you listen to to it through before you actually go there. Right. My my meditations that I put in the book uh, were also um, done professionally, Five of the major ones are on iTunes as well as YouTube. And I have a lot of little ones that help people that have never meditated. And if you haven't, these are five minutes tops. I think one of them is three and a half minutes. And you'd think, well, what can I get out of a three and a half minute? Well, you actually can. And I used to put them on Facebook. When I created them, I put them on Facebook for Monday morning meditation. Uh It all started around Christmas time. I wanted to put something up that will help people during the rush and crazy of Christmas. So I did it late at night, midnight, and, you know, put it together, put it on. And I got so much feedback of of how it made people feel. So I began to do it, and I ended up doing 18 of them. And then I was like, okay, enough of this. (laughs) Monday night, Sunday night, I'm doing a meditation at midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning and creating it. So, uh, you know. Just me. That's okay, yeah, no worries. Just a visitor. <laughs> Just popping in to say hi. Well, there's one uh, meditation. I was listening to the audio book of your book. Okay. Um, that you read beautifully. And um, there's one that you said, if you're driving, you probably shouldn't listen to this right now. And I was driving, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll stop. Yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, listen, they can put you out in space. Yeah. All right. Some of the ones that I have, and, I, you know, I do them with my students, and I've been doing them on the Zoom classes now, and uh, it puts people right out into the ethers. So Yeah, it's very relaxing. Yes. And, and you just feel, I think, um, the best way I can describe it is that after you feel the way you're meant to, to feel. Well, you know, um, meditation is, it can lower your blood pressure. Yeah. It can completely calm your stress. It can open up your intuition. It's got many tremendous benefits. It's good for your overall health. And you don't have to be a meditator that sits in the corner for hours on end. It isn't anything like that. And there are many ways to meditate. But I would like to just give people a little clue that over time, so many people have come in and said to me, I can't meditate. I can't shut my brain down. I have too much going on. And so what I've explained, I think I put it in the book as well, that if you begin a meditation and all of a sudden a busy thought comes in, what you should be doing is just acknowledging it. It's part of your subconscious. It's part of who you are. Put it in a bubble and say, thank you. I'll get to you later. And then you come back to whether it's music or a voice or silence. And then another thought comes in. Mm -hmm. 
Put it in a bubble. Got it. Thank you. And by the end of a week, if you practice with the small ones, you'll have less bubbles and more meditation because it really is part of us. So it's learning how to quiet the mind. And if you if you get all upset by it, you're not going to meditate. You're just going to stop. I can't meditate. And that's what I would hear. So I had to come up with a new way. And it works. I like it. Mm. And, you know, that is the truth. It's you just want to. Oh, forget it. I'm just I can't do this. I have too many thoughts in my head. It's not going to work. A hundred percent. And that's what they were telling me. And I said, well, I, I believe there is a way that you can, but you start with the little ones. Yeah. You don't start, you don't jump into a big one. Right. You start with the I'm little ones. meditate for an hour and a half. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I found it interesting that even the three and a half minute meditation did something for, for people. Definitely. And that they enjoyed it. And I said, okay, if you can get into the, even the breathing, the breathing part right. of the meditation. Let's say somebody has an anxiety disorder. If what, what they do is they shallow breathe into their lungs instead of breathing into their abdomen and filling their belly up with air. So the breathing that goes into a meditation is breathing in to the count of four, holding it for four, and then blowing it out your mouth for four. And what that does is it brings you right into your center. So if someone started to breathe and paid attention to their abdomen expanding during an anxiety attack, they would come right back. They could pull themselves right out of it. And even for someone who doesn't sit still in silence, to breathe in silence for three minutes mm-hmm. is exponentially better than never Absolutely. Doing it. It's what I've done if I can't find something. Ah. All right. So I remember looking for a document one years, once years ago, and I am pretty organized. I had a nice file system set up, and I could not find this tax document. And I was making myself a little nuts. And then I said, all right, stop, stop, stop. Remember who you are. And I went into my classroom and I sat down and I did the breathing. And then after I finished, I just said, show me. And a thought came running through my head. I don't see a picture. A thought go back to that file cabinet. And it turned out that it was, they were very stuffed. Yeah. I tried to fit it in. It slipped underneath the ah, files. I was there. I had to pull the file, files out themselves, and yeah. it was underneath the files. So your guidance system will direct you right. if you take the time to stop, breathe, think, and say, okay, show me. And it'll take you there. Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. And you've been mentoring people for a long time mm-hmm. since you discovered you had this gift of healing. And... Um, are you still open to, can people still get in touch with you and work with you? Yes, I have been, I've probably been teaching since 1998. That's when I started classes, I believe, or 1997. And um, started out as one class, ended up as four. And I really wanted to teach people about balance And balance was more important to me than anything else. But in teaching them balance, and when I say balance, it's love and honor of self and others, forgiveness of self and others, uh, not judging other people. These are the things that I consider to be balance and integrity, being humble. So in that class, I began to meditate these people. And my students, during meditation, is when they began to open up to their gifts. 
They didn't oh. see it coming yeah. any more than I did. So it's in the meditation that is the key to really opening up. So mentoring people, I've been teaching classes. I stopped for about two years after my husband passed, and then people came back, and they still wanted me to teach them. So I began again. Less, not, not four classes a week. Uh-huh. I began to do it monthly. And uh, I have about 470 people in my... Um, in my group page. Oh, wow. And they come and they go. They don't all come at one time. Yeah. You know, they come and they go. When I was teaching in a hotel uh, for a while there, a uh, couple of years, uh, I was doing three classes a month and an average of 40 people a night. Yeah. And still a lot of people. Yeah. But I, now I'm teaching on Zoom, which is, again, it's the same people from my same group. And I just finished one up last night. Uh, somebody set me up in Chicago to do a group of uh, 20 people for a month. Okay. So I did them once a week for that. And I, they don't want to stop. And I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's only so much time that I have. I'm going to re-up somewhere in there, maybe after the holidays, yeah. to continue with the same group. Because once you start... You know, four weeks is not a lot. Right. Six weeks is not a lot. Ten weeks no, is not a lot. No, you're just scratching the surface of all the yes. things you want to learn and know. Yeah. My teacher had a ten-week class. Cool. And each class was different. Every week there was a different topic, whether it was angels, uh, tarot cards, UFOs. Yeah. It was anything that you couldn't understand no, or I would, see. I would be there every day. Yeah. So <laughs> it was ten weeks just flew right by. Yeah. And I, I began to teach like that first time out. After that, there was no end. Yeah. I didn't end any of my classes. And uh, for many, many years, when my husband was ill, I took on three six-month classes at, besides the ones I was teaching. Wow. So I only did a group for six months. Yeah. I figured I could get a lot done in six months. Yeah. But it's never enough because right. nobody wants to leave. Right. Nobody wants to leave. I know. Well, it's also fascinating. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was so happy when you said that you'd come on the podcast so I'd come back and talk to you again. <laughs> um, but even when I had my reading with Marianne, I was like, I wish we were friends so I can call you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But listen, I've trained, I don't know how many mediums on this island, probably a thousand. Well, you did uh, Teresa Caputo. Teresa. Long Island medium. So and, famous. Uh, and Mary Ann. Yeah. And many, 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 many others. Right. Uh, there are so many. Yeah. Amazing mediums on this island alone but I train them in at this point in time I'm training in 45 countries so I am all over the map when Teresa went on the air and wrote her first book the book went in 34 countries okay that's how far it extended and um her show I'm sure was on quite a few major channels all over the world uh, a, a man heard me in Uruguay, I think, uh, when he went to adopt a child, and there were only three stations, and, and, and Teresa's show was on one of them, oh, and that's okay. how he found me. Oh, okay, great. By watching it while he was waiting for the adoption to go Amazing. through. So um, it's in a lot of places, and yeah. probably more now. But once she went on the air and put me on her uh, website, in her book, and on the show, I was all over the map. Yes. And then it just extended from there. I had done many people before in different countries, 
but this broadened that scope. And it wasn't Teresa that they needed. It was the teacher. Right. So I don't even know if she is aware of how big the circle came around. Yeah. But I believe it was divinely set up that way. I do too. And I think moving forward, the more people kind of tune into that this is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because you can't see it. I mean, I say to people all the time, like, you can't measure, scientifically measure love either, but you know you feel that, you know? So Absolutely. This isn't something that can be measured or proven, but it's real. Mm-hmm. And the more people uh, kind of realize that, um, I think the more they'll tune into their own gifts. Exactly. And people have to understand, again, this is not science. It is interpretation. Right. This is, it, it comes from your own personal frame of reference. And your frame of reference is everything that you've ever seen, heard, felt, read, or experienced throughout your collective lifetime. So if your guides are working with that, um, with your frame of reference, it just basically, if once you understand how it comes together, yeah. and as I said, you connect the feeling with the thought, it puts two pieces of a puzzle together, right. and you have something solid. So again, it's training and it's practice. You know, nobody learned to walk, talk, read, write overnight. Everything is practice. Right. Yep. So what I provide my students is a practice venue. All right? They could listen to me talk for however long. People yeah. tell me they never get tired of hearing me. I get tired <laughs> of hearing me. I don't want to hear me uh, over and over and over again. But they they learn so much, and I try to give as many tips and tools as I can, and then I let them practice. Right. And the practice, again, is what makes perfect. And if they're in different states prior to COVID and prior to Zoom, uh, because that's what opened it up to other people, mm-hmm. You're only on Long Island. I did. A lot of people came from um, the tri-state area. I have Connecticut students, New Jersey students, Manhattan students, uh, people from the Hamptons, um, people from Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. I've had people drive from Maryland, which I immediately sent home. Yeah. (laughs) Because once I found out this one, and she's an amazing medium now, I told her, you cannot come to my class because I am not going to worry about you. Right. Driving five hours home in the pouring rain at night when you have little kids at home is just not going to happen. Yeah. So if you want to talk to me, it's going to be on Skype at that time. Yeah. And she is one of the uh, the mediums that I recommend okay. in Maryland. She's doing fabulous. So they're all over the place. I have yeah. them everywhere. And uh, uh, when they can't come to class, I teach them how to practice. And I'll, I just told some people last night, I said, what you have to do is you get two people that know what you do, and you ask them to bring two people each that don't know you at all. Okay. And then you sit for 15 minutes, and you just practice with each one, one at a time, and then you get validated, and you'll find out how good you are, and they'll find out how accurate you are, and maybe they'll recommend you to somebody else. And that's how you build. Yeah. That's the only way to build. If I don't see you and I can't see what you're doing, then you've got to find a way to practice. Yeah, and so if you feel like you have that... Um, good intuition, mm-hmm. mother's intuition, whatever you want to call exactly. it. Exactly. You feel that you have that good intuition. This is something, the the basis, the basics that you can build on and trust your gut and all those things. Mm-hmm. Like that's real. Yep. And you can 
trust it. That's exactly how it works. It all comes down to trust and acceptance. Yes. And sometimes I teach a class just on trust and acceptance. Yeah. Because everybody says to me, are you sure I'm a medium? Including Teresa Caputo. She right. called me up on the phone. And she's on her way to a hundred people at a restaurant. Are you sure I'm a medium? Yes, Teresa, I'm sure. Oh my you know, gosh, And yeah. Marianne has done it to me too. Yeah. Many times. Only they start sending me emojis going bleh, bleh, bleh. Right, right. <laughs> like, come on now. Yeah. It is about trust because it is so, it is so um, simple that it seems ridiculous yeah it's so easy right and so when you're talking and you're saying things you're thinking to yourself i must be out of my mind but you're not right it's just again it's learning that trust factor letting your mouth talk and then seeing the person understanding and getting messages of healing yeah that they needed for closure for healing for themselves so it's, it's wild. It's wild. It's an interesting journey that, I, that was chosen for me. <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I didn't go looking for this. And, I know, which is amazing. Yeah. You just uh, Kinda acquired happened. these Yeah, it happened. <laughs> these gifts. And I, my children were, my youngest children were in their teens when all of this came about. And, uh, okay, so having teens, did they accept it, or were they like, Mom, stop being weird? No, you know, <laughs> nobody really paid much attention to it, to tell you the truth. Uh, my husband had a little issue for a little while uh, because he didn't, didn't understand it. Yeah, and of most And my students, I'll tell them, please don't shove this down anybody's throat. No. It's the last thing you want to do. Do not push it at your partner. Do not. You. They learn by example. Just show them how you've changed how still you've become how more positive you've become and how light your energy is and they'll see it and then they'll want to know what happened to you yeah. you know how come you're acting this way and and they'll seek it out rather than push it at them because they don't understand not everybody's on the same page at the same time right no one wants to be preached at yes my children to this day um, they know what I do, of course, yeah. and they send me people all the time, and they respect what I do, but I'm still their mom. Yeah. They do not look at me in that way at all. Right. So sometimes I'll start talking about a subject, and, you know, the eyes are rolling right. in the back of the head, and I understand it. I really like, do. I'm a Pat Longo energy healer. <laughs> I told my daughter at lunch once years ago, I said, you don't even know I have a website. <laughs> because they, they don't. And my son. She's uh, like, no, I don't. But can you babysit for the kids? Yes. Can you Saturday? babysit for the kids? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. And my one son was a college soccer coach and he would bring injured players to me. And this one tore their meniscus. This one's got a concussion. This one can't move his wrist. I need these people. Can you do something? And he'd leave them here with me. And then he'd go out, and then he'd come back in at the end, and he'd look at them and say, well, did you feel anything? Yeah. And they go, oh, yeah, my good. This, this is, a, you know, that's as far as I can get. Yeah. That's <laughs> and that's okay. okay. They still bring them. As a matter of fact, my twins, both soccer coaches, years ago in their college after they graduated. And they actually brought me to, or got me to a four-year-old child who 
was actually uh, minutes away from a respirator. He had been um, given a little too much chemo. The oh. the the, the, uh, the uh, weight was distorted okay. on the paperwork, and he got more than he was supposed to have. And uh, they were turning in their paperwork to the secretary, and the secretary was on the phone with her daughter listening to this story. And one of my boys offered up, you should really call my mother. Yeah. And so I ended up, I was dressed for a wedding, and it was probably a Saturday morning, and I come got my hair done, and I got this emergency phone call, and I went racing to the hospital, to the children's hospital, heels and all, and uh, it took me about two hours to wow. bring him back, and uh, he's now a big, giant, strapping guy. Oh. I don't know how old he is. I recently, I, well, I met him in the last year and a half when his uncle passed, and uh, it was amazing yeah, to see this amazing. Hulk. Of, I mean, I kind of paid attention. People somehow would hook me up and say, well, you know, he's a football player now in high school, yeah. and oh, he's out of college, amazing. and things like that. So I had, every now and then I'd come across a connection that told me a little bit something about him, and then I got to meet him. So now so, he's this four-year-old boy. Are you you're laying your hands on him? Yes, um, I don't always touch people. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, or most of the time, I just touch them to connect with their energy, and then my hands will be above their head. Um, I do things differently now, very different now than I did many years ago. Yeah. Uh, for him, <sighs> I'm sure I probably touched him. I might have touched his lungs and his heart. Yeah. Um, I pull things out of people. And can you feel it? Yes, it feels like taffy. Okay. And sometimes it's heavier, sometimes it's very light, sometimes my hands just flow right out and very little uh, work to do. Maybe that person just needs a balancing. But when when it's an illness, I'm pulling and I'm pulling. And I'll tell you a story. My brother, uh, who is type 1 diabetic, since he's young, um, he got an infection when he was down in Disney, and they drove home from Disney back up here to Long Island, and he started to run a fever in the car. And when you're um, when you're a diabetic and your sugars are going crazy, you can get very agitated. And my sister-in-law was trying to get him in D.C. She wanted to get him into the hospital, and he was refusing. So when he got home, and she literally she pulled off his sock, and he had gangrene toes and three of them were gangrene and I went to the hospital and I sat there again another two hours and I pulled the energy out of his foot mm-hmm. and you don't want to get near gangrene if you can help it Yeah. and I just pulled and I pulled and I pulled and I watched his toes go from black to gray to pink wow. and he only lost the pinky Oh, my goodness. And technically could have lost his whole foot. Yeah. And he only lost the pinky. And I gave him some instructions, and I told him, this is what you need to do. I can't be here 24-7. You need to start imagining this, these toxins leaving your body and going into the earth for positive use. I never put anything into the earth unless it's for positive use. Uh So he started to do it, and I'm going to tell you, he had skin grafts and everything, and he should have. It should have been months for him. It was nothing like that at all. He healed so quickly, 
and his a doctor was in there one day when I came in to work on him. And the doctor just looked at me. Goes, look, I could take all the help I could get. And he didn't. He didn't ask me a thing. Yeah. But that's how it works. So it, people can um, help themselves. Oh yes, yes. I give out instructions for people that are ill. I give them healing instructions so that they can be a part of their own healing. Oh, also, great. the meditations, the healing your body, mind, and spirit meditation is also very good for. Yeah. You follow along and you begin to eliminate the uh, toxins and the disease or dis-ease from your body. Yeah. Uh, so everybody should take part in it. It's about being positive. Yeah. You know, when you dive in that rabbit hole, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. If you do not pull yourself out and begin to recognize that you can heal. All right. If a cancer patient comes to me and I get a lot of fourth stage because remember... I don't take insurance. Right. So you're going to go through all the things that you know first, uh, the the regular methods of, of what you're supposed to do, what you've been taught to do. Right. And uh, they come to me as the last-ditch effort. Sure. So I teach them that do not own a disease. Do not say, I have cancer. I told this to somebody last night. Never say, I have MS. Say, I was diagnosed with. Right. The difference in that word, words carry so much weight, you have no idea. So when you say, I was diagnosed with it, it takes the burden off. If you say, in the past I experienced, it puts it behind you. And if you say, I'm getting better every minute, it takes it out. So if you say, I have, you cement it in. You have. So you become it. Yeah. You're not... A word. Right. You're not a dis-ease. Okay? Right. So it's a matter of learning. And, yeah. and again, this is what I do. You know, you saw me at a, as a different capacity, but somebody that comes in who is ill has a whole different thing going on right. with me. And it has to do with emotional traumas that created illness. People also don't recognize and realize, I think maybe they're starting to, that the traumas that you go through, the pains, the hurts, the deep guilt, shames, angers, fears... That's what creates disease. Yeah. Okay. That so stays with you. If I get to you yeah, if I get to the nitty gritty, which is what my job is, is to find out what is eating you up inside. Right. And if I can find that, and if I can teach you how to let go of it and forgive it, you're on your way to healing. Mm -hmm. so Amazing. It's it's a job. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a job. Uh, and then the the. Just one more thing that I wanted to ask you about, because I know this is your day off, and you were so kind <laughs> to let me come My over pleasure. today. My um, pleasure. But I don't. I want you to rest. But um, the one thing I did want to ask you about is manifesting. Okay. And everyone is always, you know, people say manifest, manifest, manifest. So what is the way that someone could? manifest something that they're wanting or needing in their life. Okay. Well, the first thing you have to recognize about manifestation is that, yes, it's all done by thought. Your thoughts are the most powerful tools that you have. And if you write it down, it becomes that much stronger. But you have to keep your vibration up. And, you know, The Secret came out years ago, and we joke about it and say, I didn't know it was a secret because we were talking about it for a long time, and Oprah, Oprah said the same thing. I didn't know it was a secret. But um, you, your vibration needs to be higher, which means you have to be working with gratitude 
and love and music and laughter and kindness and prayer and all these different things, the meditation. If you raise your vibration, your manifestation is going to happen faster. Now listen, we manifest good things, bad things, and indifferent things every single day because your thoughts become things. Mm So if you're not paying attention and you're not keeping your vibration in the right place, you're going to find a lot of things going out of whack that you weren't looking for. And then people get frustrated. I've tried this. I've tried that. Yeah, but what are you doing in between? Are you constantly aggravated at people, cranky, talking about people? You can't be that way. In order for it to happen quickly, you need to keep your vibration up. And then you can always, I start with, I thank the universe or I thank God for supplying me with the perfect whatever for me. Whether it's a job, a home, a partner, a vacation, a car, whatever it is you desire, you put that thought out. And then I always end it with, I ask that this be for the highest good of all concerned. And so everything in between is always written in a positive manner. All right. Mm-hmm. Say, let's just say you're you're uh, looking for a partner, and uh, my manifestation. I have a sample one, and I say shares my love of pets. Well, maybe you don't like pets, or maybe you're allergic to pets. So instead of putting that line down, you switch it out, and you just say, doesn't mind not having a pet. (laughs) It's always got to be done in a positive way. I say a tasteful sense of humor. Well, if he he or she just has a a sense of humor, they might embarrass you in public. So you want the word tasteful. So you want to be specific. The words need to be specific. Okay. Okay, they really do. And the first line is very powerful, and the last line is very powerful. What you put in between, again, is just your specifics and the things that you feel you need to have or you desire. I don't like the word need. The word desire is the way you want to go. So. I like that. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I manifest all the time. If you ever get me someday on just manifesting stories, yeah. absolutely incredible. I grew um, up with my father was a big manifester, and he would do it for parking spots. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, parking, absolutely. My kids laugh at me in a snowstorm. We went to uh, the mall at one Christmas time, and they said, Mom, you are never going to get a parking space. I said, trust me. <laughs> They knew I was coming before I got down the aisle. And I I once manifested, um, and I'm not greedy, ever. Right. And I, it was a rainy day, and I manifested not the first parking space, because usually I would get the front space. I manifested the fourth. I said, I don't want to take it away from anybody that needs a space oh, more than me. So nice. And as I'm coming down the street, the fourth space backs out. Perfect. And uh, just parking space, laughter. Um A friend of mine, I was going to see a uh, physical therapist just to meet him. A friend of mine had wanted me to meet this gentleman as a healer. And it was in Garden City, and it was pouring. You know when we say it's pouring cats and dogs? Yeah. It was that kind of rain. I don't know Garden City. I couldn't see where I was going. It was a main street. I couldn't even see what was on the buildings. Right. And all of a sudden, I see a directional go on. And... This woman begins to pull out of space, and the friend I was meeting was inside the uh, physical therapist's office, and he said, oh, Pat must be coming down the street, and 
there it was, right in front of the Perfect. building. That so, is so parking funny. spaces are always fun. Yeah, you know that was my dad's big one. We'd mm-hmm. be driving into the city or something, and he would pull up right in front of wherever we were going. He was like, I manifested that. <laughs> yeah, well, I call them my parking angels. Yeah. I have red light angels. I have parking angels. I used to make wedding cakes and all sorts of fancy cakes. Oh, and wow. I would always have my, um, my angels of creativity uh-huh. and my angels of speed. Absolutely, because I'm always doing things the last minute. So I had to have speed and accuracy. My kitchen looked like a bomb hit it, but boy, did that cake come out great. But that's what I would do. I would always call in the angels. Okay, everybody, need your help. Yeah. And uh, And there's angels for everything, and it's okay to talk to them and thank them. Always, always, and thank them. They love to be thanked. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I use them at the motor vehicle. And I always make sure that I get the parking space that I desire and somebody, I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to sit there. I'm going to be in and out and that the right person is going to be up at the counter for me to do exactly what it is that I desire and get me in and out. Yeah. So that's how I live my life. I don't know how to do it any other way anymore. Yeah. But it works. That's great. It works. I makes, mean, why not? Makes life flow a little bit easier. It really does. And I do love my job as much as, as I said before, it's, it's a, job. a job. I love my job because I love to see the transformation of people from well, before the you, healing to after. You're in service of, you know, the greatest thing you could ever do is help someone start to heal. Mm-hmm. And again, there's all different kinds. Yeah. And I see all different kinds. I don't think there's anything I haven't seen in all these years. And uh, now a lot of it that I I really am teaching a lot of people because I do believe that we're all opening up on this planet and that we're starting to come into our own. And uh, it's the floodgates are open. Yeah. And that's what I see and experience every week. It's changed a lot. Mm -hmm. And people are just craving the information and the education. I'm glad. So it's a good thing. It'll it'll change the vibration of the planet. Which we need to do. We've been through some tough times this year. And uh, the more light people use, people use to surround themselves. And I call us light workers. And that's not something I coined. It's been around for a long time. And uh, if we all work with light, if we surround ourselves in light, if we send light to people who are sick, if we send light to the planet, to the government, to um, everything and anything that you could think of, the land, the, the water, the, the children, the elderly, the homeless, the sick, and it goes on and on and on. If the more light you send out, the more darkness that you are putting out on this planet. And I don't think everyone understands that when you have a problem with someone or you disagree or you don't like someone, you send them light also. Yes. Uh, That's usually pink light and love from me because when you're sending out anger, frustration, hatred, jealousy, blame, all these negative emotions, it's actually coming back to you, yeah. and you don't see it coming. But it doesn't just come back to you. It comes back to you and yours. So that means anybody that can affect you emotionally is getting hit by this negative vibration coming back around. So if you change it up and you send, uh, well, I would say I, Pat, send a beam of pink light and love from my heart to the heart of, and I would name that person, you don't have to feel it. You just have to put the thought out. Right. Right. And once you do that, 
you're actually dropping it from your energy field. It's amazing. You, you begin to feel lighter, and the situation begins to resolve itself. It really does. And listen, I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't write it in my book if I didn't have the backup. Yes. And I've had plenty of backup. Mm-hmm. So it pays. It, it's a win-win for you right. when you send pink light and love to somebody who you really aren't crazy about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like it. Yeah. I will do it. <laughs> it all works. Well, thank you so much. Again, the gifts beneath your anxiety Simple spiritual tools to find peace, awaken the power within, and heal your life. Pat Longo, thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. It was great to be here. I appreciate it. And uh, check out Pat's uh, website, patlongo.net, and her videos on YouTube. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Peace.